Scott. Hello, I'm Julie. And this is a good story is hard to find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of one reality that lies below the surface. Yes, for sure. And we're going to talk about uh, Friday's Child <laughs> uh, by Georgette Heyer. And it's actually pronounced Hayer. Oh, Hayer. Okay. Yes, I learned Hayer. that recently. <laughs> Good. And uh, this is episode 214. This is a Regency romance. <laughs> Scott is such a good sport. <laughs> he just went for it. I just went for it. You bet. I jumped in hip deep. I did <laughs> like Jane Austen, though. I have read um, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I don't know that that is a Regency romance. One, one of the mm. things that I learned uh, with this one, just in the little bit of research that I did after, is so Georgette Hayer, she wrote these books in, I think this one was like 1944 mm-hmm. and Jane Austen was contemporary. So to the Regency period. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Early 1800s. And the Regency period is like really short. Yeah. Did you notice that? <laughs> it's like, uh, in uh, Wikipedia uh, on Georgette Hayer, it says the British Regency lasted only from 1811 to 1820. Yeah. Isn't that I know. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the marks of British Regency are, but I do know that, um, like in Jane Austen and in this book, there is seems to be this very complicated set of rules that the characters all adhere by. You know, rules of honor and rules of, uh, um, you know, what offends people etiquette. and etiquette. Right. right? Yeah, that's the word. That's a much better word. Yeah. Well, in the Regency period, and I should have looked this up, and I'm sorry, but, you know, there was a period when there wasn't a king, there was a regent. Ah. King George III, we all know him. Yeah. And he was deemed unfit, and unfit. we all know that. <laughs> and he, um Wait a minute, how did son, they do this? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a revolution, and uh-huh. anyway, but he was set aside as king, and then his son ruled in his stead until his death, I believe. Ah. So that's interesting. Speak. So yeah. so the it's being ruled the kingdom is being ruled by a regent and um somehow that affects people's behavior? I'm not really sure. No, no, no. Okay. No. It's just like saying this is set during revolutionary times. This uh, is set during the Civil War. Okay. It so, just means yeah, this I'm is with you. this era of history that the etiquette, the manners, the um the morals all this stuff is just, that's what it was like then. And I so see. when Jane Austen was writing it, that's what it was like then, right? Interesting, um, interesting. So, but what people like Georgette Hare and the ones who followed her, because it's so funny to me to think that she invented this and she's still considered by anybody who really reads many of these things, the best. Hmm. She is so intelligent in how her plots are put together. She can be so Funny. Yeah, Just she is devastatingly funny. funny. She yes. is funny. Yeah. Yes, and she wrote two kinds. She wrote serious and, you know, these funny ones like we read. Um, the serious ones just don't have, like, say, this one has kind of the chorus of Sherry, Lord Sheringham's friends. Hmm. Who kind of acts like three aspects of Bertie Wister <laughs> from the Woodhouse uh, books. But... Um, they just won't have those comic elements, but they'll have the same kind of a plot thing. You know, there's a romance, possibly we could see it could happen. All these things are in the way. 
and um, they're either together already and they're estranged or they hate each other and they'll get together, you know, romance, like the ladies like. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And um, it's just set in that period. And her writing so much later, and I think she actually wrote, her first book was called The Black Moth, and I actually read it on Forgotten Classics. She was maybe 19, and she wrote it for her brother who was sick in bed with a lingering illness. Hmm. And it's pretty good for a first novel. And then she just kept going and getting them published. And so she was writing for quite a period of time. I'm curious what kind of a book is the black moth? It's a Regency romance. Is it? Okay. It's a serious one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's good. Mm -hmm. And you can listen on forgotten classics. Yeah. Put the link to, I'll put at least what the episodes are there. Cool. And, um, and I think it's also on LibriVox now. So, Okay. If you don't want to listen to me read it, but um, <laughs> of course, want to listen to you read it. <laughs> oh, Scott. <laughs> of anyway, course, yeah. um, but they so they're all kind of follow a certain sort of a formula, you know. Like if you say there's something is a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. you know that formula, even though they're going to play around with it however they do. Yeah, well, that's right. This is the romance thing. Yeah. So, um, and this one sort of plays with it uh, in the way that uh, very, very early in the book, there's a marriage, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they aren't really together. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't, right. you know, they, they, they're not on equal standing in the love department. I can say that. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> this book, what, what happens is there's Lord Sheringham, who's, I, I think he's like in his twenties mm. and he is offering for the hand of this girl who's, uh, they do things called London seasons. You know, it's like a debutante season. Mm. All the eligible women come out who are of a certain class and above and can afford all this and are in society and they have all these dances and things and they hopefully get married by the end of it. Mm. That's re- really the point. And so he is out at her country place and offering her marriage and she turns him down and they have a huge fight over it because he's known her since he was a kid. So they would know each other well enough to have a huge fight. And he goes storming off and he's talking to um, his mother also, who mm. he's very mad at because she and his uncle are living off his estate and he can't get his hands on his estate until he gets married or turns a certain age, which is in the future. Mm-hmm. So he wants his money and he wants his estate. He wants to run things. And he goes storming off from all this furious because he said i'll marry the first woman i meet and as he's driving down the road the first person he sees is a girl from a nearby house who he grew up with and she's an orphan who's been adopted into her cousin's family you know Mm -hmm. and she's running away to be a governess because she doesn't want to marry somebody that seems most boring and horrible and he tells her his plight and says, I told her I was going to marry the first woman I met. And she goes, oh, silly, that's me. And he goes, hey, why shouldn't I? And she is an innocent, sweet girl. Um, and not, not that he's going to take advantage of her because he himself is just kind of a fairly thoughtless young man. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's always hero worshipped him. Yeah. And it's kind of like <laughs> a dream come true. And he doesn't really think about it. He's just like, this is the way I can get things. Well, we'll have our separate lives. We'll be fine together. Yeah. Yeah. So they run off and get married. And in the process, of course, what happens is 
we meet his friends who operate like a comic Greek chorus because they're just these very thoughtless young men and not so smart, some of them. Hmm. And um, I'm trying to think, like you say, it's they get married right away. And often in these books, there's the, the man is older and wiser or at least with different experience. And what we see is this guy doesn't have the experience he thought he no, did. I just, you made me laugh there because I, I didn't know that. Although that stuff was in Pride and Prejudice. And again, I don't yeah. know that Pride and Prejudice is a Regency romance or not. I don't know. It's not called a reason. Her yeah. books are not called Regency romances, but because they're set in that period, she mm-hmm. kind of set the tone for the way all those romances go. So if you think of Pride and Prejudice, that's kind of the model. Mm. That, um, well, in her other books also, which I don't think you've read, um, something also like Jane Eyre, which is a gothic novel, but it yeah. has a, those same beats, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. The older experienced person, the different experience, the young girl making yeah. her way in the world or so, as whatever. You're, as you're saying that, the older person, you know, she, uh, I just realized, you know, this author plays with that. Yes. Because later in the book, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes it really funny if you've read many romances. And mm-hmm. yes, Scott, you're at a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> it was still pretty funny stuff. Okay, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I was curious because um, we have mutual internet friends, right? Will mm-hmm. Duquette and yeah. Jeff Miller, the Kurt Jester, who mm-hmm. both, thanks to me and um, Elizabeth Scalia ranting and raving over how wonderful these books are, they actually tried some, and then they went on and read a whole bunch of them. Oh, how cool. And mm-hmm. one review, in fact, it might have been Jeff Miller's review for this very book where he said, I still can't believe I'm reading this genre, but mm-hmm. this book was so funny, you know. <laughs> and they read great. a bunch of them because mm-hmm. the thing is, is her writing is really smart. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, she expects you to be smart and thinking of things and picking up on stuff, and then she just uses it. Well, again, like P.G. Woodhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, but with more of a point sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> Although her books are, they usually don't have any deep messages other than, you know, just the circumstances of the story. And so when I was picking this out, there were two or three I was thinking of where I was like, okay, these have themes we could talk about. Mm. Um, because for me, these are some of the best books for just light reading when you're stressed out and you need something good to pick up and lose yourself in. And they're so funny and self-aware and, and not all of them are funny, but even the ones that aren't, they're not sappy. They're not stupid. Hmm. And they don't have also, this is part of the thing with a true Regency romance. I would say, although there's some that break the rule, they don't have sex. You know, Mm -hmm. they're acting Mm -hmm. as if these rules, which are supposed to be followed, are being followed. So usually the big climax in the book, much like a Bollywood movie, I would say, Mm -hmm. is the kiss at the end. Yeah. Yeah. The happily ever after thing. Right. And this book also plays with what do people know that's really going on under the surface. Right. People do have affairs. Mm hmm. People do not follow the rules, but that's only a license that's allowed to, say, young men on the town mm-hmm. with lower caste women, so to speak. Yeah. yeah and, well, one thing that surprised yeah. me in this that I, I think you, you could be getting close to, but um, yeah. the there was talk of divorce in here. Um, 
And yeah. that surprised me. I don't remember ever hearing that like in Pride and Prejudice. I always thought that it would be a horrible thing to get divorced. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. So for her okay. to bring that up, um, yeah, that so <laughs> before we go there, um, spoilers are coming. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. There's not much more to say about this. Right. right. It's, it's about Sherry learning what it's like to have to be a husband. Yes. It's about <laughs> Hero trying to get sophisticated in the ways of the world, and she's just not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. And to say she's innocent and sweet makes her sound simpering and um, sentimental, and she is not. She just doesn't, she hasn't been exposed to all this stuff. Right, this is brand new. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's catching up. And so when she's catching up, one of the things <laughs> that is used to great advantage is she accepts Sherry as the arbiter of all things. (laughs) So he will drop these careless comments that anybody who knows the ways of the world will put in context. She has zero context. So she takes his bald statements about things like, Oh, well, if you're losing money gambling, just keep gambling. Your luck will change. (laughs) And she'll just keep going for two or three days. going, when you said the luck would change, she's like, Oh, (laughs) it's like, what happened to all my money? Yeah. 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 So um, that's part of what's funny and also revealing about the book. And so there are a few deeper things in there, but they're all used just to push the story along. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never moralizing or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so overall, your take on it was: Would you recommend this book? Sure, and I would. Yeah, it okay. is. It is funny. It's funny and fun, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Since, mm-hmm. since it was a romance, I, I knew we were on the edge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that That's funny. But yeah, I, I liked the Jane Austen that I've read. And mm-hmm. um, this is similar, like you said, but not the same. Um, right. But this is, this is much more of a comedy. And uh, there were some laugh out loud things in it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I'll say is that her books just before we go on, mm. her books were really popular during World War II mm. when people were reading things for escapism. And so people would take them into the underground bomb shelters with them. Men, warriors, <laughs> soldiers would take them into the battlefield. People would send them these paperbacks and they would mm. pass them around and read them, just like they were passing around Agatha Christie mysteries and mm, yeah. you know things like that. You're out there in the serious world. You don't want to read... Um, I don't know, Dostoevsky. <laughs> right. You're reading something to take your mind off things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So it was po- they, she was popular with all kinds of people. So. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Cool. So, yeah. So in spoiler territory. Yeah. So <laughs> the divorce thing. <laughs> yeah. So, when she mentions yeah. she'll divorce Sherry and let him marry whoever he wants, she is ready to sink to the depths hmm. for him. Whatever yeah. he wants, she'll sacrifice herself. Yeah, and I wasn't quite certain there, you know, because she was like, well, you know, I'll get married to somebody else and so will he. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't, I wasn't certain and I wasn't quite getting it from the text whether that was an extremely serious thing or not. And it would have been. Yeah. She would have been one of those people who might have been able to move in polite society, but she would have always been whispered about mm. and never been quite the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And him too. But, you know, men can get away with it more, right? So mm-hmm. it's sure. a lot of this yeah. book is interesting because it's really pointing out the double standard. Yeah. 
So um, one of my favorite bits is when Sherry gets uh, Sherry, Lord Sherringham is his name, but his nickname is Sherry. So he's called Sherry and she is called Lady Sherry by the friends. Mm -hmm. Her name is Hero (laughs) out of Shakespeare, as she says. But he is at one point very early on saying, oh, yes, and we can each have our own lives and go our own way. And she doesn't really know what that means. She doesn't, of course, say anything or think about it, really. <laughs> and then later on, she <laughs> she suddenly, she'll also just talk to him very honestly and go, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. And so we start with Sherry. It says, who told you that a great many ladies have lovers, demanded the Viscount. Don't say it was me now. I never told you any such thing. I swear I didn't. Oh, no, but I have been about the world now, and I know hundreds of things I never had the least notion of before, said Hero, not without pride. She glanced shyly at him. And that was what you meant, wasn't it, Sherry? When you said you would not mind what I did if only I were discreet? (laughs) The Viscount met her eyes full. It was, in fact, exactly what he had meant. He wondered if there were any insanity in his family and replied shortly, no, it was not. Oh, said Hero. She suggested, I dare say you think me too young for such things. I do much too young, replied his lordship emphatically. So um, (laughs) all those careless things he says are brought home to him because she'll go off and do exactly what he says. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And the double standard. Yep, right. You know, bashing young women and and husbands who don't really care, they might go Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, and that that gets him with the gambling thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when that, when, uh, cause she, off she goes, you know, <laughs> she's like, well, I'm following your instructions. Yes. Isn't this what we do? And it's like, no, yes. that's not what we do. That's not what we do at all. Well, um, in a, in a sense, what she's done and, and maybe this is what started her off, you know, is look at a Byronic hero. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that are very romantic. They make all these grand gestures and in this book, George is the romantic hero. Mm. He's in love with Isabella the Incomparable, who is the one who <laughs> Sherry is um, proposing to at the beginning of the book. Yeah. And he's always going, who was it? Who said that to her? I will blow his brains out. And I'm like, no, no one's going to fight a duel with you, George. We all know what you're like. <laughs> and there was a duel in this book that yes. was just too good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And so, um, so he's the extreme Byronic hero. And of course, when I hear Byronic hero, besides Byron, I, who was just the worst, Mm -hmm. I always think of, um, Wuthering Heights, Mm -hmm. which I'm never able to finish because I hate all the characters so much, (laughs) but, um, Heathcliff, a lot of people will look at that book and say, Oh, it's such a romantic love story, but it was not written intentionally to be a love story it was written to show how awful it is to be around byronic heroes and how that doesn't really work for the real world and it's Mm. not a good ideal Uh and so sherry's like a minor version of this byronic hero he's doing what young men do before they settle down Mm. and um so it really kind of takes it and twists it and goes so if you have to live with this guy he's not heathcliff uh-huh. But what are the consequences of him acting that way and his actions? Yep, yep. And then he kind of grows through that in the book, you know, the whole book, you know, all the way to the end. 
yeah. where he finally reaches a realization <laughs> or two. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I did like at one point, you're like, I'm just like two hours away from finishing the book because you listen to the audio. And you're like, come on, Sherry, get with it. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> so I love, uh, here's a part that I really liked. Um, so he had just asked Hero to marry him. And um, he says, uh, so w- what he wants to do, he needs to drive her off, but he doesn't want to be seen with her <laughs> because it <laughs> yeah. would be scandalous, right? right. So he's like, um, we shall have half the countryside blabbing that they saw you driving off with me. There's nothing for it. You'll have to sit on the floorboards and keep yourself hidden under the rug. <laughs> and then it says, her experience of life not having engendered in Hero any expectation of having either her dignity or her comfort much regarded. She made no objection to this proposal, but curled up at the Viscount's feet and allowed him to cast the rug over her. Since his method of driving was of the style known as neck or nothing, she was considerably jolted, but made no complaint, merely clasping her arms around the Viscount's top boots and pressing her cheek against the side of his knee. In this fashion, they covered the next few miles. <laughs> it just that just cracks me up, yeah. But it, yeah, it's, it's, it's their characters right there, you know. Oh yeah, he's like Both you know just just going uh, like crazy, forward, you know, just completely selfish. Damn the torpedoes! I'm just going. Yeah, she's just like, <laughs> okay, I'm going for this ride. You yeah, know? she's humble, uh, but she is in love with him, right? Yes, she has adored him for her whole life. And uh, he's oblivious to that. And it's funny because she doesn't have as much of a growth arc as he does. Her character is essentially the same. But by the end, she's she knows who he is more. Mm-hmm. You know, she yeah. says, oh, yeah, it's not that he she adores him like she does at the beginning. And I can't remember, but there's she she's like, oh, Sherry would be like this. Sherry would hate that. Sherry would be this way. Yeah. It, yeah. And they're all very realistic summations of him in various situations or faced with certain things. Right. Yeah. And somewhere um, when you start to realize that Sherry is actually growing, um, mm-hmm. he he's starting to feel jealousy. Um Yes. Because of things that, uh, the way that other men are reacting to her. And he looks at her differently and says, I, I don't have this marked, but maybe you do. But he says something about, you know, when did you turn beautiful? I mean, uh. it's like I didn't notice this till just now. <laughs> You're actually a beautiful person. Right. And uh, um, now he, he, you could just tell that he's falling in love with her. But he's still at the same time, he's like... Um, well, I'm not going to change anything that I'm doing because this is my life and I love it for this marriage. You know, the, the marriage is just something that we did so I could get my money. And, um, but she feels differently about it, but again, is learning everything from him. So she is like, you know, well, is this normal? I don't know what normal is. Um, right. She, you know, he's still taking her for granted, but she mm-hmm. is having to adjust everything. Right. Right. And then, um, she just starts to act in a fairly reasonable way in the situation where she's like, well, okay, if this is the way that that is, then I'm going to go ahead and do this. And, um, yeah. So, but he gets jealous about that. Right. I was trying to find, there's, there's one point where, um, 
the most sensible of the three friends is Gil Ringwood. Mm. And he points out once, and somebody else, maybe George does too, he'll, they'll talk about, I can't believe I go off to the country hunting for a week or two, and then she does this while my back is turned. And there are a couple of times when people say, but you know, she doesn't do anything if she thinks you wouldn't want it. Mm. She says, yeah, but she thinks I want the damnedest things. And they're <laughs> like, yes, but if you're around, she doesn't do that stuff. Mm. He's like, well, I can't be around all the time. What am I supposed to do? Change everything about myself just because I get married? But good God, man, what else could I have done? Sherry burst out. We could not have continued as we were. Dash it. We've not been married much above four months. And if you knew the half of the crazy things Kitten would have done had I not been on hand to prevent her. Kitten is their nickname for her. Ah, interrupted Mr. Ringwood. Put your finger on it, Sherry, haven't you? Didn't do crazy things when you were at hand. In the devil's name, how could I always be at hand? Did you expect me to change my whole way of living simply because I was married? Expected you to settle down a trifle, dear boy. Never fancied the notion of it for myself, which is why I've stayed single. Seems to me a fellow can't continue in the same way once he ties himself up. And that's kind of the mm -hmm. crux of what Sherry has to do. He, he was thinking of all the dashing young matrons that he knew who just they understand they grew up in that society. Mm. He is put in charge essentially of someone who's innocent and doesn't deserve to be hurt. And he knows that. Um, but he's like you say, super selfish. And it's so one of these things is how does marriage change you? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, cause even if he doesn't love her, especially at first, he cares about her reputation and his own. Right. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I like about the book, if we're looking for deeper themes that you take into your own life, is how you learn to know each other just through the long, slow, day-to-day -day process of being married. Yeah. The decisions you make, the friends you make, the way it influences you and how you then influence each other. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, and he, he grows into that. Mm -hmm. you know, he grows into that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that, you know, did you, did you expect me to change my whole way of living simply because I was married? I mean that absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, right? right. That's what you're doing. That's what marriage is. Um, you know, you have to do that. And, um, yeah, to think differently, you know, but, but he never really considered it, a, I guess, a real marriage, I suppose, until, you know, later on. I don't you know, think he thought about what marriage was. No. He was just reacting to get he the was, one thing he wanted, right. which was his inheritance. Yeah. So he was just selfishly, you know, not even thinking about what Hero's feelings are or anything. You know, he asked her and she said yes, you know, and then, and then from then on, you know, it was like, okay, I got what I want. We can go our separate ways, but it just doesn't work that way. You can't do that. Right. And he was treating her like, an adoring younger sister or something, which yeah. is how he'd always treated her. And when which they were is the way up. she acted, right? You right. Know, because she was treated that way. That's the way she, you know, ends up kissing some other guy, you know? Well, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're not my little sister. Now I'm furious and we have to do yeah. it. <laughs> and when she's kissing the other guy, that's also innocent. It's a kiss yeah, of comfort. It is. For yeah. this heartbroken man, man who's heartbroken over, mm -hmm. you know, her friend who's been treating him horribly. And so, 
yes, but of course <laughs> they walk mm-hmm. in at the wrong time. And mm-hmm. everybody's like, George, you can't, you can't do it. You're the best shot in the County and Sherry can't hit the broad side of a barn. <laughs> well, I'm dueling him. I'm yeah. going to teach him. <laughs> Because the funny thing, too, I never thought of it until now, Kitten being around, or Hero, she also kind of changes the friends. Mm. She gives them a source of focus. They all really like her as well as Sherry, and they want to see them do well together. And so it's not like there's any, you know, conspiracy to make it all go well. But when there's the crisis in the book, when she's run away, because he's going to send her off to be with his mother and learn how to behave in society they band around her to protect her. Hmm. They are like her older brothers that's in true. that sense. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because that's when Gil sends her off to stay with his grandmother. And um, they say, but but he loves her. And he goes, well, I we think he loves her, but I don't think Sherry knows himself if he loves her. Mm-hmm. He has to have her taken away. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And, that, and then that was the final change right there where the right. yeah, the impetus for the finally, you know, oh, I do want to be married and and uh I'm going to do what it what what it takes. You know. Yeah, it's cuz they and that's probably the closest to introspection the book gets and they they don't usually get very close <laughs> to introspection, but yeah. so it's talking about he's he's looking for her, he's frantically worried about her because he knows she's so innocent and has no resources and he can't figure out where she is or who's taking care of her, or helping her. And he, he's so he's upset because he can't find her. And then he's missing all the stuff he hated before mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the balls that he had to escort her to the, um, you know, the canaries, <laughs> he hated the canaries. She had all this stuff. And it says he had even remembered nostalgically the days of his untrammeled bachelordom and had thought he would like to have them back again. Well, she had given them back to him, and they had proved to be Dead Sea from Dead Sea fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't even hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, that, that duel really cracks me up, too. I mean, it, it would be, the, the, the thing I wanted to say about that is um, it was funny that um, George was an incredibly good shot, and um, Sherry was supposed to be able to not shoot at all. And it, they were both wrong. And it, it was like, you know, be careful when you get into a dangerous situation. You know, you think you know what you're doing, but you're not. Because George shot into the air. So he was like, well, I'm not even going to aim at the guy. Mm-hmm. And then Sherry shot a tree and hit it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so yeah. it was like, right after they were both like, oh, my goodness. What well, what did we just do? <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. George looks at mm-hmm. it because the tree's three feet away, and he goes, "Sherry, couldn't you get closer than that?" Because I was aiming for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, I could have." <laughs> yeah, if he could hit yeah. that tree, he could have hit me. Well, and, I don't uh, think he even cared about that. It yeah. was that you know. <clears throat> He's like, come on, you were supposed to be trying. You're a terrible shot, but I didn't uh, know you were that bad. Well, and the, the friends had made sure that they were far enough apart <laughs> that um, they might have a chance of missing. Yeah. You know, they did what they could to defuse the situation. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> yeah. But then those things all, even though they're funny and they, they serve the purpose in the story, then they still move the story forward because when Isabella – the one George is in love with, hears about the duel and it's fought for Hero, not over her. She's just having a heart attack. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is definitely a subplot, but she's the one who's had everybody dancing attendance on her. And suddenly all the focus is on hero. Yeah. That, that was an interesting arc too. I mean, her arc, Isabella's arc totally, there was one part where she said she could hardly bear having lost three guys in a very short <laughs> period of time. You know, all three of them had proposed to her and she said, no, and mm-hmm. they're all gone. <laughs> now she's yeah. like, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm not as beautiful as they say. Maybe yeah. I'll like, never what find is, somebody. What is she waiting for? Yeah. You know? So it's like in her own way, she's she's looking for something specific, that, but she doesn't really have a clear idea what it even is. Well, and she has her mother's pressure on her because mm. this fabulously rich and um, high up Lord, Lord Severn, I believe, Duke. Oh, he's a duke. Mm. Uh, the Duke of Severn is going to be brought up to scratch to propose, and um, but he's super boring and dull and not very clever and all these things. And she, so she's kind of doing what her mom wants, but she's really attracted to George. But George is broke, and he's insane. You know, he's very Byronic, which is part of what makes him attractive. And of course, she's rich enough that it doesn't matter who she marries, mm-hmm. which is one reason she's got so many people after her, not only her beauty, but her fortune. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact is, is she's in love with George, but she just won't admit it because George is so precipitous in everything he does. He just puts you off mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. And I that's found, I found the- her interesting. Well, yeah, and that's one of the things where Hero starts seeing these double standards people are applying and how cruel people can be. So, um, because she's been grown up near Isabella and friends, and she's friends with George, and she sees how capricious Isabella appears to George. She knows how George's heart is wrung when Isabella is paying attention to these other guys and ignoring him. Mm. And she just can't believe her friends like that. And so she's also getting her eyes open to the ways of the world. Right, right. One of my favorite ways is that there's this really gross, creepy guy, Sir Montague. (laughs) And he's got Sherry in his clutches. So he's somebody who lures young men with fortunes into these gambling hells, as they call them, and encourages them to bet there. And they'll just fleece these guys of huge fortunes, and he gets a percentage of this. So he's living off of people like this. Well, but he's skating on the edge of society this way. And Sherry is his latest target. And so his friends have been warning him, but he won't listen to them. He's flattered Mm -hmm. that Sir Montague likes him and all this stuff. And then they're leaving, maybe it's the opera show or something. And up comes this young destitute woman with a baby in her arms to Sir Montague and goes, look this is your baby. My father cast me out. I was just a poor country girl, you know, and it's just like what they would have seen in their play. Right. Wow. But it's Mm -hmm. for real. Mm -hmm. He has ruined someone's life. He was down on his estates to save money during the winter. He fooled around with this girl and got her pregnant. And as hero says, her father, I know he's a worthy man because he threw her out the instant he found out. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So she Mm -hmm. has had this baby. She is starving and has nowhere to live. And Hero's like, oh, no, 
this is terrible. And all the, the guys are like, oh, get Lady Sherry out of here. She shouldn't see this. And, but she won't leave the girl. She wants to help her. She has a kind heart. And mm. she knows enough about this stuff. This stuff happens. But she's not going to take the sophisticated point of view. She hasn't been trained in that the way everyone else has. And so everyone else is standing around going, shockingly bad ton for, you know, Montague's <laughs> to, girl to show up with a baby. And mm. they don't approve also of him having um, seduced an innocent. Mm. They're like, you know, there are women for that. They make a living that way. Mm-hmm. We all know these people. It's fine, but not <laughs> this. And Sir Montague just walks away. Oh, I don't know her. And then, um, so Lady Sherry won't, stop helping the girls. So Sherry's left with this woman and baby to take care of. Mm -hmm. And everybody starts getting more and more indignant, hoisting his baby off on Sherry (laughs) and bad (laughs) Tom, bad manners. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's part of how, uh, not Sherry, but, but a completely independent action born of hero's character starts changing things too and right. how Sherry looks yeah. at things and how he sees the world too. For certain. Yep. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good moment. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was cool for him to do that and he was doing it for her kind of, mm-hmm. you know, so that was great. Yeah. Only for her. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a rough society. <laughs> Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. Well, and of course, you know, we say that and you expect people to take care of whatever happens, but don't we all have, I mean, there is that double standard. Mm, yes. You can sleep together before you get married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe even before you're in a, a decent relationship where you might have really totally felt attracted to somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just kind of broadened those morals out to where there's absolutely there are less manners about them. Yeah, almost none, actually. Yeah, <laughs> almost yeah. none. Yeah, so mm-hmm. people, I, I just think of a husband and wife, and who knows what's happened between them and other partners before that, and then you meet somebody at a party, and oh, this is my old boyfriend. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. What was mm. the relationship here? And so it's part of. You know, those manners, there is a double standard, and we see that in this book. But those manners serve to kind of help everybody know where they are Mm -hmm. and how you behave. Yeah, interesting. And Mm -hmm. they're acting just, we're acting the same way they do. It's just we have a different set of ways that we deal with the situation. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I've, I've seen situations in my life, you know, where, you know, there's been a guy who's rejected a woman that he got pregnant, you know, just like this guy did. Mm. You know, I've seen that mm-hmm. and it's horrible. And, um, yeah. yeah. And then sometimes the opposite is also horrible when you have two people that really don't like each other, they find rather quickly. Mm-hmm. But then there's a kid there, and now they're connected for life, and it's very unpleasant. Right. Um, that's difficult, too. Yeah. Yep. And, in, uh, of course, we are just looking at uh, light stories told about the upper classes. And so in those cases, 
you know, they would be able to have, you know, the nanny and the servants and the circumstances to take care of uh, the kids without it affecting them. It would still affect them. Yeah. Right. But not in the same way that it does now, just mm. a different way. Yeah. Gotcha. More per- personal, I guess, because we expect more involvement from both parents. Mm-hmm. And in the books and the society that these books reflect, which was, you know, it's like looking at a movie or a book of any time. There is a truth there, even if the facts might not be quite how the people of the time would reflect it or uh, recognize it. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know. I'm kind of tangled up in my thoughts at this point, but it's that stuff's all there. <laughs> Right. You know, people right. don't change again. So Yeah, that's interesting. It is kind of all there. But yeah, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. Wow. Interesting. Interesting to think about. Um, you know, I wanna make sure we talk about Mr. Tarleton, who oh. is who is the guy who uh you know, so now now I see that this is a play on the older guy and the you know, the older yeah. wise man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, but yeah, so he's he's older than Hero and uh, falls in love with her while she's kind of on the run. Yes, you know she is she's run away and, uh, um, but anyway that that is some good stuff. And then he kidnaps her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's thinking he's being you know this is this is just a fun way to elope. He's gonna be romantic. Yeah, and even then you know uh, I remember as he was riding in his carriage and he has her in the back. Um, he, he's got a room for her in one hotel and then he was going to stay in another one. I thought that Absolutely. was a funny detail. Yeah. So, um, because yeah, he doesn't want <laughs> this to look bad at all, but yet he's well, if anybody found her. out, my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. It's too funny. And then, well, and then she says, well, my husband's going to come and he's like, your husband. <laughs> Wait, not that young fire eater who was glaring at me across the ballroom. Oh no, what can I do? Oh my gosh, (laughs) that was the best. Holy smokes, that was really funny. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because in another book, um, he would have been a hero. That's right. Yeah, and that's what I didn't realize until our the beginning of our discussion here. So right. Yeah, but I can totally see that. Yeah, he was he was the guy, and she she totally played with that. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it to that point because I am so used to these books. I've read them since I was in maybe college. Hmm. Uh, so and at that point they were in reprints, you know, mm-hmm. and um, some acquaintance introduced me to them and I was just so taken with them. And um, so I've read them time and again and I missed some of the stuff that you saw. So that's really great too. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's always fun. One of the things I like too, and this is just a a funny thing also is there are often, as they would say, these bird witted young men. So this is this Greek chorus of friends I'm talking about. Right. And one of them, the one of the probably the dumbest one, Ferdy, mm-hmm. he gets this idea. He's he's seeing a train of events that seem to be purposeful, and so he's um, he's thinking about fate and nemesis, but he can't express himself. And none of the other guys have retained any of their education either about all this stuff. So he says, um, "You know what I think? Fate. That's what it is. Fate." There's a thing that comes after a fellow, got a name, but I forget what it is. 
creeps up behind him and puts him in the basket when he ain't expecting it. <laughs> what sort of a thing? inquired his host uneasily. I don't know, replied Ferdy. It ain't a thing you can see. If it's a ghost, I don't believe in him, said his host, recovering his composure. <laughs> Ferdy shook his head. Worse than that, Jack, dear boy. I'll think of it in a minute. Its name in a minute. Met it at Eaton. Gosh, at Ferdy, I was at Eaton at the same time as you were. You never said a word about anything creeping up behind you. You may not have said anything, but it did. Crept up behind me when I broke that window in chapel. So anyway, um, <laughs> then later somebody's like, oh, wait, this guy, this teacher? And he goes, no, no, not sure it ain't a Greek thing. Might have been Latin, though, now I come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> and no one knows what he's talking about. Oh, man. And then later he brings it up again. Um Hold on. Uh, mm. He he brings it up again after everything's kind of happened with the whole plot. Every They're just winding down. And he says, um, good God, I'm dashed if that Greek thing hasn't got after Monty too, Sherry. Very remarkable circumstance. Upon my soul it is. And Monty is what they call Lord Montague, the bad guy. Mm. What the devil is all this about a dashed Greek, demanded Sherry. George was trying to tell me about him, but I'm hanged if I can make head or tail of it. All I know is I'm not acquainted with any Greeks, and what's more, I don't want to be. It ain't a thing you're acquainted with, dear boy. Duke knows what it is. Comes up behind a fellow when he ain't expecting it. Thought it was after me, but it turns out to be after Monty. Good thing. Yes, <laughs> but what is it? Mr. Tarleton said with a quiver of amusement in his voice, I fancy he means nemesis. That's it, Bertie said, looking at him with respect. Nemesis. You know him too. Well, it's no more than I do, declared Sherry. What's more, whoever he is, he had nothing to do with my coming to Bath. Not he, murmured Mr. Tarleton, who was beginning to feel his years. Goddess of retribution, the daughter, according to Hesiod, of night. And then later they're mm. like, I never knew you were bookish, Ferdy. <laughs> Learned it at Eaton. You know, and everybody's mm. like, I don't, don't really go with this bookish stuff. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's good. Anyway, I guess that was kind of a lengthy excerpt, and I can't really catch the humor of it. But, oh, no. Yeah, you um, did. I mean, that's fun. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so the author, you know, it's it's the nemesis idea, and it truly is nemesis, but... At the same time, she's so funny about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, who who is Lady Saltash? Let's see. That is Gil's grandmother. Gil's grandmother. Okay. That's so who I, I, I liked this moment. I have it marked where, you know, Hero again. She's on the run. She left, and she's actually talking to uh, Lady Saltash. She's yeah. She's um, under Lady Saltash's chaperonage. Okay. And staying with her. And I she's think. trying to figure out what to do, Hero is. You know, of mm -hmm. course, if I were to return to Sherry, she couldn't marry him. You know, she's trying to figure all this out. <clears throat> and then you get the sage advice. You know, she just says, This is Lady Saltash. She says, It is my belief, responded her ladyship calmly, that Sherry never had the smallest real affection for her and her being uh, Bella, Isabella. Mm -hmm. Very pretty, all this talk of having married you in a fit of pique. I am reading of such things forever in trashy novels. <laughs> but of, in all the course of my life, I have not yet observed it to happen. 
A man whose affections had been seriously engaged would not have relinquished his suit as easily as Sherry seems to have done, my dear. Depend on it. So he's telling her he doesn't really love Isabella, you know, which yeah. is something that Hero has assumed the whole time. Mm-hmm. The truth is that he was not in love with either of you. What his sentiments may be now, I don't pretend to say, or I do not pretend to say, but it is in the nature of nine men out of ten that what may be theirs for the picking up, they are much inclined to despise, and what seems to be out of reach, they instantly and fervently desire. <laughs> there you go. Human condition. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love it. Just yeah. very well put. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How very true. <laughs> <laughs> You're and always course, looking over the fence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always greener on the other side. <clears throat> yeah. 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 And that's what makes this these books able to work. You know, if they're not playing on all the things we know to be true, mm-hmm. they would be ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah. And as it is, that's what makes this funny and, and makes the plot work. Because even her serious books, and again, still Regency romances, just without like, you know, the Greek chorus and all the, some of the funny things in it, mm-hmm. um, they're the same. Yeah. We're interested because we know how it should turn out. Mm-hmm. What are the, what's everyone going to have to go through before they do turn out that way? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I guess that's that's what makes us dissatisfied a lot of times in our own lives, right? We know how it should turn out. Mm. Are we? Do we have the right things around us? Do we ignore what we should be doing or what we should be paying attention to that's right there in front of us? Yeah. Which Absolutely is right. A broad net to cast over this book. But I mean, that's just how you can write things like this because we all know inside here's how things should turn out. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to help or hinder that in yeah. our own lives? Yeah. Are we getting in our own way or not? Yeah. 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 Which we tend to do for sure. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Fairly constantly. <laughs> that's that's all good. the time. That's really yeah. good. Mm hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I appreciated how tight this book is too. The, I think you mentioned it early on that it is very well written, and um, you know, it, uh, you said a couple times how this was not only funny but it you know moved the plot forward, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like the uh, the duel, um, yeah. for example. But it, it is it's a just an extremely well written book. That way, you know, the plot, everything. It's really tight and great. Yeah, everything hangs together well. You're you're mm-hmm. learning something the whole way, even as you're being entertained. In terms of like, here's this is all going to get used later or wound around again. Yeah, well, it's like you know when you have a book, you know, where the characters seem to be doing the things that that um, I mean, they move the plot forward while they're being themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a great book. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when 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 what they do is almost inevitable, but it's it's somehow all the characters just kind of fit together and and the whole plot moves forward because they're acting as they should be acting. That's that's greatness. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And that's yeah. she has that talent. Georgette Hare does. Um, hmm. Yeah. And I do, you know, I will take the gambling advice to heart and uh, <laughs> go ahead and try that out next time I'm in Nevada. Yeah, just keep going. Just keep going. Throw all your money after yeah. it. It's fine. You just, just, that, because it turns around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, well um, mm. one of the things that was on the Wikipedia page that I thought was great. For one thing, this is Georgette Hare's own favorite of her books. Oh, that's cool. Mm. And I have many favorites. I don't think I could pick one, but this is one of my favorites. Mm. But there is a letter that she, a fan letter that she got, which was the only one she kept. And I think she received it in 1963, but it was written by somebody who had been in a Romanian prison cell Wow! for mm-hmm. a communist prison for 12 years. And she had the year before read this book. So it would have been, if this came out in 44, so she would have been thrown in jail in 45, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she said, luckily she had a really retentive memory and she really enjoyed the book. And so she remembered the whole plot and she told and retold this book to her cellmates for 12 years. Wow. <laughs> and I don't know if the cellmates rotated in and out or if it was the same people, but uh, it, there's a, a link somewhere that I followed that showed part of the letter where she said, and then we talk about it and then we go to bed and then they go, well, then what did Sherry do next? <laughs> Why did, what did Hero do? You know, they were really involved in it and helped them keep sane. Wow. How cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, a super compliment. I I'd have kept that one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, Fun. um, mm-hmm. and I guess we've been talking about this and maybe I've said it, but you know, the whole point of this book anyway, especially is what we know about love, which is you have to be ready to sacrifice yourself for someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the sign of real love. Right. Your, and your, that's what, your willingness to care about the happiness of the other person. Or right. The, the welfare of the other person <clears throat> and to change your path to help ensure it. Their welfare. They're good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. both these people do this along the way. Right. They both learned that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I guess I better tell my wife that, uh, <laughs> well, I will change something then. What would you oh. like to change? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Could I ever pick one thing, maybe? I, oh, you know, I read something one time around New Year's that was saying, you want to really get a resolution you should take pay attention to is ask your spouse uh-huh. for one. And I'm like, I am terrified. I could not do that. <laughs> I don't want to know what they're going to say. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So all those years beyond Kane, I've gotten used to that. So it's fine. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <At> marriage retreat. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's fine. I could trust him more. It's just, you know, it's, it's like getting ready to go to confession where you're like, oh, thanks for pointing that out to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I thought good. I was doing so good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, my cool. goodness. All right. Well, thank you for picking this. That was fun. That was something I I definitely never would have tried. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad you made it through. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't hard to get through at all. Okay, good. I'm glad. (laughs) You bet. All right. Well, cool. All right. So next up for us is Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. I have not watched that since it came out, but it had a big impact on me at the time. Well, good, good. Yeah. I hope we we enjoy it again. You know, I I sure like that movie. feel positive we will. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.